Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of PwC's Policy on Demand. I'm Sindhu Bloom. If you're like us, you have a lot of questions about the economy. And when we do, we turn to PwC's National Economics and Statistics Practice Leader, Drew Lyon. My colleague Scott McCandless and I spoke with Drew on Monday, August 16th, about questions we're hearing from companies. And you may have the same, but if you don't, send us your questions. Any opportunity to have Drew translate the economy for us, we'll take it. Here's our conversation with Drew. Drew, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Cindy. So before we dig into the economy and get your take on what's happening, uh, very curious about what you're hearing from companies, specifically what questions you're getting from them about the economy. So I think one of the large puzzles is we know we have significant unemployment still uh, relative to prior uh, to the pandemic, yet there's a a labor shortage. Uh, In June, uh, the latest month for which we have this particular figure, there were more job openings than unemployed uh, individuals in the U.S. economy. That is a very rare occurrence. It didn't happen ever since the start of the series between 2006 and 2017. And then only in the two years just before the pandemic, when we had a, a very strong economy, uh, was there this shortage measured job openings relative to unemployed? And I think there are a couple of factors that are responsible for this. First, we have an aging workforce. Uh, the baby boom is retiring, so there is a shortage of skilled workers. There's a mismatch in skills also. There's high demand for uh, relatively high wage jobs relative to lower wage jobs. Uh, Third, we still have issues of the pandemic. Uh, Some people concerned with their safety or childcare uh, are opting to stay at home right now rather than rejoin the workforce. And then fourth, for quite some time, employers have been competing against uh, relatively high unemployment benefits. And these supplemental unemployment benefits will end in September. Uh, schools will obviously uh, be reopening in September. Childcare situations may get better. So it will be interesting to see uh, how uh, this reverses at least some of that uh, labor shortage that employers are facing. So Drew, what is the state of the economy and what's your take on it? So uh, overall, you know, compared to where we were 12 months ago or 15 months ago, uh, things are good. Uh, GDP has recovered to the pre-pandemic peak. uh, So we made up for that that loss that was experienced in March and April of 2020. And most projections of economists are that by the end of this year, uh, we will be actually back uh, to where GDP would have been in the absence of the pandemic. Now, how did we make up for all this lost growth. A lot of it had to do with the substantial government support for the economy in 2020, continuing into 2021. Uh, Just as an example, federal spending in both years uh, is uh, more than 30% of GDP. So that's roughly uh, eight to 10 percentage points greater uh, than it would have been uh, in, in normal years. So essentially 20% of GDP 
went out over the course of those two years. Uh, there are still 5.7 million fewer jobs being offered by employers than prior to the recession. Uh, that's about 4% of uh, all jobs in the economy. Unemployment is up, uh, it's 5.4% in July. That's roughly two percentage points higher than it was before the pandemic. And we have fewer workers in the labor force seeking employment than prior to the pandemic. Uh, the unemployment rate really would be about two percentage points higher if we considered people who've dropped out of the workforce. So there's still substantial uh, gains uh, to be made in this recovery. And uh, how quickly that occurs is something we'll be keeping our eye on. So Drew, with that in mind, what are some key milestones we should be looking for, specifically some releases of data or other key markers that we might want to be keeping an eye out for? Well, uh, as I, I think most people have been saying over the past 18 months, COVID is still uh, significantly influencing the course of the recovery. Uh, the occurrence of new variants, the Delta variant in particular right now, is something that we have to keep an eye on. Uh, will caseloads peak this month and then uh, uh, come down quickly as we move into September, October? Or will we see continuing rising caseloads uh, into September and later months? And there's some indication already uh, that uh, the Delta variant has slowed uh, the, the recovery that we are experiencing in August. Uh, uh, there, if you're looking at current metrics, uh, uh, in July, we had 943,000 jobs added by employers. We'll see uh, first week in September, September 3rd, the jobs report for August being released and see how much a dent uh, the variant may have caused in that employment growth. Drew, to your point about, you know, the return to work, returning to school, um, these, are, these are all things that we're all keeping our eyes on. But those timelines shift and they shift because things are changing in our environment with with the with the with COVID-19 and how do those timelines as they're shifting shift in the economy as well um, because the consumer is in a different place whether they're you know back to work back to the office or not so how do you see that shifting yeah I think there was a lot of hope in early July that the pandemic was behind us and that this fall everything would be returning to normal We've seen employers push back when they are planning on uh, fully reopening, but we've gotten better at this hybrid economy. So it is true that any uh, recurrence of significant uh, uh, COVID cases will cause a lesser impact than it would have caused a year ago. Uh, but we are seeing real-time indicators. There's uh, slower growth in air travel in August than there was between June and July. There's a drop off in uh, re restaurant uh, uh, entertaining in August relative to July. So leisure and hospitality will be one of those first sectors again that uh, will be experiencing a slower recovery to the extent people are uh, returning to the office and returning their normal functions. Uh, again, some of that will be offset by the fact that schools are reopening. That will be easing child care situations. On the other hand, if there are significant COVID cases and 
children have to stay home from school, that too will disrupt the workforce as parents uh, will have to stay home uh, if that's occurring. Drew, we had also seen some disruptions among U.S. manufacturing, specifically with regard to supply chains. To what extent do you think the infrastructure bill, uh, if enacted, might be able to address or uh, aid in some of those concerns? Yeah, I think it's best to look at the infrastructure package as really helping the long-term growth of the U.S. economy. Uh, we've uh, had a real slowdown in infrastructure spending uh, over the, the past decade. So this is partly restoring, but large projects take a, a while to get off the ground. The Congressional Budget Office forecasts very slow spending in 2022 from this bill. And you need to wait for infrastructure uh, uh, programs to be completed before they're useful. A, a half-built bridge doesn't help uh, re reduce uh, uh, supply chain bottlenecks. So it's really three to seven years off that the economy will be seeing the benefits from this current infrastructure package. And I, I hate to end in talking about inflation, but we do need to talk about it. And it's been used a lot lately. Um, you know, and we've heard that the consumer price index has gone up 5.4% in the last 12 months. So as you look to the future, Drew, how do you, how do you see inflation kind of panning out or moderating? Yeah, what, one of the biggest debates among economists is whether the inflation we're experiencing right now is transitory or will be persistent. That partly depends on your definition of transitory. I think most forecasts are that over the next year, inflation will remain high, uh, hopefully down from that 5.4% that you mentioned, but it could still be in that 4 to 5% range uh, over the next year. But if we look at financial markets, which actually put a price on inflation through uh, bond markets, uh, inflation-adjusted securities versus those that aren't inflation adjusted, they really see this being a short-term problem that inflation will return to its historical roughly two to two and a half percent baseline uh, beyond uh, next year. And if we're looking out five to ten years, it will actually be below what uh, the Federal Reserve holds as their baseline projection. So Rocky Waters for this next year as uh, businesses work through those uh, supply chain bottlenecks as consumers uh, in part fulfill their uh, previously uh, 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 spending needs, uh, the, the, the pent up spending demands uh, will be seen over those next 12 months, but uh, it shouldn't be a long-term problem. Uh, another interesting data point we'll see later this month is the Federal Reserve will hold its Jackson Hole conference, and we'll be hearing from Jerome Powell and many other officials on their views of inflation and the steps that the Federal Reserve would take uh, if they see it being a continuing problem. All right, Drew, thank you so much. And uh, we'd love to have you back to uh, follow as the economy does whatever it's going to do. Great. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more Policy on Demand, check out the link in this episode's description. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. 
please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.